Welcome to the Marketing Chief Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Collins. In this bonus episode, we continue our conversation with Barb Shearer, Vice President of Marketing at Badcock Home Furniture and More. Barb talks about the impact of helping customers establish credit. I imagine as you help them in their maybe entry level needs, then as they continue to move up in quality and price, they just stay with you because you helped them when they needed it. Yeah, definitely. And and they've established their credit with us. So as they grow their, you know, their credit line or the credit needs could grow with us as well. Um, it's funny because, you know, back when you knew me, um, <laughs> I still know you <laughs> <laughs> when you first knew me um, in high school, my, my first job um, was with Sears in the home furnishings department. And I don't know if you remember that, but I worked there for six years from high school all the way. It helped pay my way through college till the first year out of college. And um, one of the things, if you remember back about Sears was for those of us that were coming out of high school and college and didn't have any established credit, yeah. if you could get Sears as like your first credit card, then mm -hmm. you can actually start to establish credit because Sears was not always easy with getting, giving away credit. But if you could get that, you know, that would help you actually go out and be able to buy that first car or, you know, get your first mortgage or whatever. So I remember those days from Sears, not just from working at home furnishings and retail way back when, but that Sears helped people establish and build credit. And that's what Badcock has also done. Barb addresses balancing advertising content between brand and retail messaging. But how much of your content is brand now that you have a new, really, I mean, not just a tagline, but really kind of a, a, a pillar to, to go out against versus price point? Yeah, um, we launched at the end of January. So um, one of the things that, you know, has happened over the past year with the pandemic is there's obviously challenges, you know, with inventory product availability and all that. So we're trying to balance all of that with ad investment and what makes sense. So um, as we came into it, we decided that we would go out strong with a brand campaign when we first launched in February, January, February. So more, a higher percentage, uh, probably like 75% of media coming out of the box was the new brand campaign. And then we've kind of adjusted down now where um, for the monthly promotions, we're rotating brand within our monthly promotions. And then when when we're outside of our promotion periods, it's, it's purely brand, 100% brand. Um, so, you know, on average, you know, we might have be rotating in brand about 25% of the time, sometimes 30%, depending on which week of the month it is. Um, and then we, we did um, launch with two new brand campaign spots back in January and February. The second one started running in May. Um, we're in the process of developing a third um, ad spot or TV spot. Uh, that should be ready probably by the end of summer. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've watched your brand video online, yeah. which was really great. Really, yeah, really fun. Illustrated one. What's that? The illustrated video. Yes, yes. Really cool. Really cool. I encourage people to go see. Is it? On, I can't remember if I saw it on YouTube or on your website. How can uh, people find YouTube. that? Yes, it's YouTube? on our channel. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. One of Barb's more memorable campaigns was a project with the Orlando Sentinel. Any uh, clients that you worked on that you memorable campaigns that you would say, "Wow." And and that was clearly one of them. But any others that just come to mind? Gosh, Diet Coke was really awesome. Um, I I look back to one of the most interesting ones I think I worked on back in the day. And I say back in the day, but that's once I moved to Orlando um, and was working with an ad agency still. 
uh, was actually the Orlando Sentinel. And this is, you know, I'm not going to get political or anything, but, you know, the, the media's <laughs> in the headlines themselves these days a lot. Uh, but that was still back in the day when newspapers were, you know, one of the number one sources of um, news and information for people that were delivered to households every single day. And, um, you know, you're starting to see a little bit of print attrition in terms of circulation and subscribership. Mm -hmm. But um, we worked with them. They hired the agency I was at to, you know, assess their brand. And that was when I had spent, you know, a few years at that point doing some brand work, brand research and, and positioning for clients. And so we went in and got to go in and do a full blown um, brand research study, which included a brand gap analysis. And it took us about five months to get through it all. We did an internal brand audit, spoke to executives, spoke to employees. Then we did an external um, research study and talked to um, consumers. So people that subscribe to the paper still and people that no longer did. So we wanted to understand all different facets of how people interacted with the brand and engaged with the brand or chose not to anymore. And this was a newspaper. So, um, you know, and a, and a media outlet. And it was interesting because we did a whole brand gap analysis, which showed the difference between how they perceive themselves within the organization versus how consumers perceive mm -hmm. them as a media company. And sure enough, a lot of that is coming to light today in the current times. But a lot of that came out in our study, which was, you know, I probably did that work, uh, what, about 17 years ago? Wow. Um, and as a result of all that, I mean, the, the executives were very receptive. Um, a lot of it had to do with, okay, you know, we can speak to ourselves internally. We understand what our roles are. Um, we're here to disseminate information. We're here to support our communities and, in a sense, be watchdogs for the communities. Um, but there was a disconnect with, with consumers. And a lot of times consumers thought that, yeah, maybe the press isn't always you know, a watchdog. Sometimes um, it's an attack dog. Mm -hmm. So we had to go in and actually present this to all of the executives and even some of the top level people on the editorial side. And, and they received it very well. They understood. You know, I'm, I'm a bit surprised. There, there's a yeah. huge gap between you know, who they were, what they believed and, you know, what they believed their mission was and how to serve the community versus how they might have been perceived by by consumers and subscribers. And so we worked together on all of that. And the positioning um, actually led to a great campaign that the agency developed called The Story of You, because really what it came down to is how people related to their daily newspaper was that it, it was basically tracking their life. So people could re recall where they were and they when some major event or crisis happened, sure. but oftentimes they would remember what was on the front cover of the newspaper that day. Mm -hmm. And that was part of their lives. And sometimes people were actually saving those papers or those front pages, you know, as kind of history of their own lives and what was going on either nationally or within their own communities. And so we found that it was really kind of a, a bit of a, you know, documentary approach to how newspapers served and became a part of people's lives. So we created a campaign that was called The Story of You and really turned it around to be less about the newspaper um, as it was more about we're telling stories about you and your life and what's going on with you and your community. And, you know, this is why we're here for you in your life and we'll continue to tell these stories so that you can remember them, you know, in the future. So it was really a fascinating That's exercise to go through. It took almost, you know, by the time we were done with all the research, the brand assessment presented it all, then went into concept development. You know, it was almost a whole year of our life 
doing all of that, but it was, you know, some extraordinary work and experience to have. I recall a surprising event from a National Advertising Federation conference. I do remember, I don't know if you remember this, there was an ad, ad fed or ad, was one of those meetings in Miami that you were, you know, in one of your, uh, I don't know, you were one of the leads of it or whatever. And the guy was rolling out the new, I think it was the new chicken sandwich at Burger King, maybe. Oh, yeah. It was, it was either chicken sandwich or something at Burger King. And he got up. I'll never forget this. I was sitting in the back of the room and he got up and he started talking about what they were doing. Everybody's really interested in the new Burger King sandwich. And he said, look, he said, you guys are going to be sitting in, in meetings for days. And he goes, I could drone on for an hour and a half about this, but I thought it'd be more fun to entertain you. So we always think about this is my recollection of how he gave his speech, right? We always think about advertising rock stars and, you know, I would, and he lists some advertising rock stars. He goes, but I'm really into music. Do you remember this? Do you know where I'm going with this story? He I goes, so. he goes I, I'm, I'm, I'm really into music. And he says, so I was thinking, you know, if I was to put an all-star band together, I'd have, the, I'd have so-and-so, the drummer for Billy Joel, and I'd have um, Steve on saxophone. He's the guy from the Blues Brothers you know, play it, Steve, you know, it's Steve, I'd have the guitar player from the Little, Little Rascals and, you know, right out front, I'd have Lou Graham from Foreigner as my lead singer. Now that would be an all-star band. And he just paused and he said, uh, why don't you guys all turn around? Okay, so I'm in the back of the room. So now I'm turning around and I'm the first one and the curtain opens up behind us and he has all of those guys yeah. as the man. He goes, let's just have some fun. And they just started playing. And now I'm in the front row. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, that was probably one of the best national conferences I was at. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was such a great time. And um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fun in those conferences as well. Yeah. In addition yeah. To work. We're, hey, we're a creative industry. so Absolutely. There's a problem. <laughs> if you like what you hear on the Marketing Chief Podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Marketing Chief Podcast.